0: Hello, I'm Peter Kenyon and welcome to the Unpeeled.press podcast, where I explore the many layers that make up Northeast Victoria's incredible food culture. I was delighted to speak with Joan Sims earlier today about her life in home economics and to explore how this approach to food and its management flowed across the agriculture and education portfolios, their extension services, and incorporating health and nutrition and even communication via ABC radio programming. Joan Sims, OAM. Who are you? And let's talk about home economics.
1: Peter, this takes me back many years to talk about home economics and your email that was the precursor to us gathering this morning intrigued me because I guess you took an academic approach and talked of home economics and you talked of home science mm. and that sent me thinking. So my secondary schooling was at Burwood Girls High School but the school was initially Burwood Home Science High School And then languages arrived to the school um, and it changed its name to Burwood Girls High School. So one of my subjects uh, for the leaving certificate, and we're talking New South Wales, Sydney, uh, was home science. Then I had a scholarship to Teachers College, Sydney Teachers College, and I studied home economics. So here... One year it's home science, the next year it's home economics. So that again had me reflecting. Mm. And there is a lot of science in the kitchen. And many of our lessons were like being in a science laboratory. So how do you know the pectin in the jam that you're cooking? Will there be enough pectin to set the jam? Well, you just need a little bit of methylated spirits, a couple of drops of the syrup of your jam, and if it sets, well, you know that there's enough pectin, and you can proceed on making your jam. You don't need artificial thickening through jam setter,
0: and you don't need to put methylated spirits in the jam,
1: and absolutely not, absolutely <laughs> not. And so there was a lot of science, but then here I was at Teachers College, and it was home economics. Mm. And I guess that then had me reflecting even further back and so I went to one of the books of my grandmother and uh, it is titled The Young Lady's Treasure Book and it was the complete encyclopaedia of occupations and amusements suitable for ladies. Mm. So this I guess was um, the start of education in the home that, that was around activities um certainly a lot of the embroideries a lot of the the needlework but then i went to my mother's book and she of course had mrs beaton's household management yes and this was given to my mother on the occasion of her marriage by her boss mr Powell, and uh this really is about the management of the household, mm. which takes in the economics, takes in um, the, the, the 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 budgeting, the mm. the the efficiencies, the um, the ways in which one can be professional within the home, um, and making s-
0: do with what you've got.
1: Absolutely, mm. taking from yeah. the garden, taking, f- sharing with friends, the mm. trading of surplus produce, the preserving of surplus produce, and so when we talk about preserving surplus produce, and of course here we are at the height of the marmalade season and beautiful several oranges, and then your email talked about Department of Agriculture mm. and extension offices. Mm. And that leads to another story. So, um, yes, the Department of Agriculture in New South Wales had a book on jam making. Department of Agriculture had preserving fruit and vegetables. But over in England, here were the National Federation of Women's Institutes. And I know in America, exactly the same. So we saw our Department of Agriculture, be it in Britain, be it America, be it in Australia with extension programs which really were in the farming area for the male Mm. farmers and and that was the agronomists and the livestock officers. But at the same time, there were women employed in the Department of Agriculture working with the women on the farms Mm. around the preservation of food around home skills.
0: And food was regarded by the Department of Agriculture as starting on the farm, but they had some responsibility for it all the way through to the plate.
1: Certainly, and and about the preservation of it for the following seasons and, and the changing seasons. So that then led me on another path of thought. And that took me to the junior farmers and rural youth organisations in Victoria and in New South Wales. And in America, um, they were known as the 4-H clubs. In New South Wales, they were junior farmer clubs and they subsequently became rural youth clubs. In Victoria, it was young farmers. And the history uh, of... Junior Farmers, which is the one that I know so well from New South Wales, for me is very interesting because it was post the First World War, uh, 1928, and it's documented in the book by Malcolm Longstaff, A Fruitful Season. And it tells the story of seeking to bring agricultural science... To the dairy farming communities of north northern New South Wales. But how was there going to be a connection to these stoic dairy farmers who knew exactly what you did, exactly the same every day? Mm. And so a program started within the schools teaching children who then conveyed the new science of agriculture to their fathers mm. and interestingly it was not within the Department of Agriculture in New South Wales but subsequently in the Department of Education and here were 28 agricultural officers Department of Agric- uh, um, Agricultural Science trained who were doing extension work in the schools with children and
0: as a means of getting as through a means to their of
1: getting through to their parents mm. And so the junior farmers in New South Wales were based on project work, and so the agronomists and um, others from within the Department of Agriculture were working within the schools with the children, with their projects, be it with their garden projects, be it their home vegetables, be it their dairy, cow raising, etc. And that was the start of the junior farmers in New South Wales, which then became rural youth. And... Within that program, there were two home economists with the teaching for the girls in life skills.
0: And that was in addition to the home economists who were already employed at the Department of Agriculture as well.
1: Exactly, who were working with the adults, the the women on the farm. But what was embodied... In the program for junior farmers, as it was with the Agricultural Bureau membership, which was the adult equivalent, was leadership training, Mm. public speaking, debating skills. And so that's where so many of the early politicians, National Party members in rural, particularly New South Wales, gained their skills in public speaking, debating, Mm. leadership, and so you and sent me on this memory trip,
0: Peter. And that, and that has largely, I'm, I'm thinking it's obviously there's a great deal of value in that which is largely gone, I think. And I wonder why it's gone. And do we look at that as an aberration or is it something that we can try to emulate now in some form or another?
1: Well, I guess it's evolved in different ways. And we see in our local area here in northeast Victoria, the Alpine Valleys Community Leadership Program or across Victoria with the, the leadership courses. So they, in many ways, have evolved out of what were other forms of, mm. of leadership training. And it, it, similarly within the scouting movement, the Girl Guide mm. movement had, had similar um, personal skills training. So I think today we see... Um, leadership through programs of that nature but what just absolutely amazes me today having been home economics teacher having been a rural youth officer who provided a life management program for women and I had some men in the life management course in New South Wales and that was when it was Department of Agriculture that what I see today are amazing young men and women who Provide the most amazing cakes and produce and cooking within their homes, and and you see it at birthdays. You see it with cakes, and I think where on earth have they taught that? Mm. You know, where have they learnt it? And so YouTube, there's Master Chef, absolutely, mm. and and it's a lot of shared learning between them. So I think the formality of home economics classes um, have evolved through internet through shared learning through um other means and and the work of of people like stephanie alexander with the um her foundation of kitchen, gardens, and, gardens and sco- kitchen gardens um and and books for children and and children are very much part of growing the vegetables eat, eat, then cooking the broad beans a little olive oil onto the broad beans, salt and pepper, etc. So it, it's, I guess, that evolving story which comes off um, the history of of my grandmother, my mother, and, 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 and my, my education.
0: Yes, and all all our parents, our, our grandparents. But I, I suppose I'm I'm interested in exploring that sense of the word economics as well in that home economics, as I wrote to you in the email, came from a Greek word, oikonomia, which meant management of the household and and particularly around food and meals and making what you've got count and Mm -hmm. getting by with what's in season and turning out something really beautiful that the family could share. And that the word economics now is very much seen as finance and wealth and money, and that sense of home economics is the original meaning of the word economics. And more or less other than that, it's been largely lost in favour of the financial sense of what economics is now regarded as.
1: Yes, although um, what I find from certainly my home economics training, budgeting was very much a, a strong suit of of the course. Um, and that was the home budgeting, be it mm. the... The asset of the home, be it the management of that of that asset, uh, be it the day-to-day budgeting, be it the yearly budgeting, um, ensuring um, that there was a maintenance program for the home, mm. that there was um, um, insurance policies to protect that asset, um, whether it was on the economy of food, that the daily spend on food and um, the savings that mm. that one could make and, uh, and
0: was... is there a formal training for that nowadays or is that largely lost and people struggle along without having it, it seems to me that we all need that more than ever but that I don't I don't I'm not sure if it's taught anymore uh,
1: and I don't know either Peter whether it's picked up in other subjects but I don't get maybe the impression that it, it's related to home but one can can draw that across to to home and and, and life. I know it's very much part of my world mm. um, and the one thing that I find maths is not a strong suit but I can budget mm. <laughs> and I can budget in a number of ways um, and, and sometimes I play games with myself in terms of, oh, I'll use that instead of that. I'll substitute this. Well, this will save that. But then I think there's also what's important is the nutritional factor. If we come back to food, mm. what's the, the, the nutritional factor? Because then that's the health of the family, the health of the individual. We are what we eat. And, and the health of society And the health of that. society mm. and... Um, our, our healthy living ways mm. but that's just not food it's it's exercise it's fresh air
0: and home economics has that very holistic way of of looking at things so it's about the the home is not just meals
1: and although it's not that's just, the central
0: part of what is provided in the home but it's also shelter and it's also
1: and it's not clothing. just the interior it's the exterior it's the garden it's the vegetable garden it's the orchard or it's um the foraging, if one is wandering mm. and, and finds an edible weed or. Um, so it, it, you're right. It's that more holistic of um, our lives within a safe, secure, warm home.
0: Mm. So food obviously doesn't just exist outside the home. It exists within the home and within a structure that supports it. And, mm. and obviously through the Department of Agriculture in that home economic sense that was provided then is also all the way back to the farm and how the food is produced. Food, and yes. So yes. It's, a, it's a very holistic thing. Food nowadays seems to have been boxed into health and nutrition and vitamin content and saturated fat grams and yes and and yet food has I don't know I feel that we've lost something in looking at it in that very uh, very strict medical almost medicalized. And, and of we food. see that
1: with the ingredients labeling mm. um, and, and how many day-to-day consumers understand the ingredients labeling the, the list of ingredients is by the quantities mm. diminishing. you know the, the greater the quantity of sugar that's first and then it diminishes down. Uh, and that takes up a lot of space on labels then, mm. along with the... It's a very
0: mathematical the, way of looking at very food. Very much so. But then in the same way, I, I'm not sure if it's a long bow, but I also look at the news at the end of the news at night time when it goes to the economic report, and I wonder how many people really understand these graphs. Yes. You know, the breathless, oh, the market's gone up or the market's gone down with a disappointed tone, but... That that's almost that's the nuance that we're picking up to go oh well that's good or mm. oh that's bad, yeah. but really where I wonder if it's like the emperor has no clothes <laughs> we're all we're all sitting there with big question marks and thought bubbles above our heads and we don't really know what it means but we're all taught to regard it as very important so to the nutrition labels on food, mm-hmm. whereas if we had a, some kind of a fundamental um, philosophy about food and how we approached it like perhaps the italians or the french or the you know traditional food culture populations look at their food then we don't need those nutrition labels because we understand that that goes with that and that that's good to eat and that's a treat that you don't eat a lot of all the time but you, it's a, you food ba- is not good or bad it, it's just an approach to food that we don't seem to have
1: and and you look at the balance and as you say this goes with that and there's a treat here but we offset that there yeah. I, i'm wondering With the pandemic, with COVID-19, what this has meant to households Mm. where incomes may well be reduced, um, budgets very much tighter. Have we all been into our pantries? What have we got there that we Mm. haven't used? Um, As everybody's
0: pantry (laughs) is full of stuff that goes to the back that might have been bought for... A recipe at one point that never got used again,
1: or a given item that's pushed behind. Mm. So, have there been um, more creativity in using um, items that are within the household that then means a purchase isn't made,
0: mm. which
1: then helps a budget? Is there more thinking around um, the budget and 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 what do what is our spend? Um, and and I guess there's been time to spend on making some repairs to clothing, mm. uh, the
0: household maintenance. Well, Bunnings has been very a great beneficiary. Yes, <laughs> with everyone at home,
1: and and we see that at the hardware stores mm. and, and Bunnings. Um, we we see. I, I've certainly picked up a sense of oh, I tried this. Have you done that? Mm. Oh, I was on Google because I was oh, I found this jar. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. Mm. So I think there's been time for creativity. Mm. Uh, there's been time for learning around matters finance and household budgeting, and and I think too that that depression time of of the 30s, the steamiest times of now, is that throwing up importance around nutrition. That if things are tighter, should we emphasise the value? Of, of this product versus that product, mm. um, I, I don't know. I I hope that there's been that time to think and reflect and maybe make some changes that has a more efficient, creative, interesting
0: self awareness
1: ha- household
0: mm. and yeah. a, and a self awareness about what people are, are capable of doing themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and and as I say, that brings in some creativity and. And there can be art with food, whether it's how it's presented, how product can be arranged, you know, the Mm. bowl of fruit, etc. I don't know. Um, And I guess it's different household to household based on um, the needs and the composition of the household. But, I mean, for many families, it's been homeschooling. It's been working from home. So where there'd be dispersal out of the home in the morning the family has been at home. So it's about spaces within homes Mm. and relationships with tighter spaces. uh, What does that mean? Internet connections, um, food, there's been eating lunches at home, not packing lunches.
0: Mm. Uh, I wonder if instead of the economics report at the end of the news each night, they had a recipe. Yes. Or a single dish about how to make, for example, chicken stock, something really, really basic that people are going to use yeah. for the rest of their life. Would that be
1: Well, Peter, that, I mean, that goes back to the ABC and the role of the rural department, where today we get the country hour. In mm. the middle of the day, we get um, the um, farming report first thing in the morning. But if you go back to the Department of Agriculture... There was um, a a lot, uh, a mix of of activities um, within that rural department such that, and many people may remember (laughs) of your listeners, I'm not sure of the... (laughs) Age profile, all, but they may four. remember <laughs> Blue Hills. Yes. And when Blue Hills um, episodes went to four days a week instead fade of up, five,
0: fade up Queensland Symphony Orchestra <laughs> Pastoral.
1: Along came Lorna Byrne, mm. and Lorna Byrne did a program called Farm and Home mm. on the ABC. Marlene Brill was on television in those early days for a five-minute segment on a Friday evening, as I recall, which was market to market. So Marlene's strength was around nutrition and around consumerism. And this was a subject that also um, was part of my world of consumer economics. So Marlene was a pioneer of that. Um, And so through the rural segment of the ABC, here she was on ABC television doing market to market, which was about... Produce in season, nutritional value of produce, how to use that produce in this recipe, Gosh, in that one. Let's
0: get that back.
1: And 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 they were just, I guess, a different way of education of um, communities of individuals around the food, the produce, the the growing, the market to market. I mean, how many children? You know, knew where milk came from other than well out of a bottle mummy mm. um, but uh, yeah and I suppose that's where agricultural shows had a value and um, the nursery and, and children going to the, from city children um, experiencing mm. rural life mm. uh, yeah so.
0: So Jane, what, to, to bring it back I suppose to food, what does a, f- a good food system look like?
1: I guess it's um, about without in priority order. Um, it's about having variety um, of food. It's about for me knowing where that food has been grown. It's it's provenance. Um, it's, um, it's about having a knowledge to use that food. In a way that is going to enhance its value, particularly nutritionally, um, it's about understanding that food and its its value to to health, and it's also about enjoyment and hospitality and um, the, the 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 family around the table, mm. turning the television off and having some conversations food plays an extremely important point and yet we are now moving into climate not moving into we are living with climate change and food security becomes Mm. a very important issue and that the foods that we've known and particularly the fresh foods or the unprocessed foods I think we're There was that era with women returning to the workforce, sorry, not returning, women entering the workforce set off that whole raft of takeaway meals, Mm. the five-minute meal. What's for dinner tonight? Two Um,
0: ingredients or three ingredients. Two ingredients, three
1: ingredients, chicken for dinner.
0: Mm.
1: So I'd like to think that we emphasise that and have an understanding of the place of food in the health of a nation, but also the place of food within the changing climate and the food security issues, which then goes to trade and globalisation and that things come back, I think, perhaps a lot more to local areas, to seasonality and uh, that, yeah, food has that place on the table with the family
0: Mm. Is, do we have a good food system here in North East Victoria, or or can you not identify a difference with, say, Melbourne or Sydney? Oh,
1: one of the joys of rural living of and, and living in North East Victoria is the farm gate hmm. of the farmers' markets of of talking to the producers of understanding their story, of supporting their work of of living by the season so that whilst we're preserving on one hand, there's still that um, bounty of, of enjoying the, 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 the foods of summer versus the foods of winter. Mm. Um, and I think with the pandemic, it's been very much the slow-cooked, beautiful aromas around the kitchen. Um, so for me, it's a, just a sheer joy of the food within northeast Victoria and the fact that I can source directly, um, that I can share with friends, or friends share with me the several oranges that arrived on the doorstep, and mm. and the batches of marmalades that have followed. Um, that that gives me enormous pleasure. I hope that's shared by others. Um, but I, I, to me, in I guess metropolitan communities it's so much supermarket pre-packaged pre-prepared foods and um, and 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 I know for some that that plays a very important part in in busy lives Mm. so I think I'm blessed and and very fortunate Mm.
0: we live in a wonderful part of the world and it's that part of the world that I want this podcast and our Efforts to focus on because I can't. I've realised I can't change the food world, but what we can potentially do is improve the food culture here in East Victoria. And how how what would that look like, and how would we do that? You know, what are the things that we need to to do, in your opinion, to make a stronger food culture in our in our region?
1: Peter, I I guess it's it it's about. The connections that we can make from producer to producer and producer to consumer um, and the stories that um, sit behind that so that th- that we've got that coordinated means of purchase and that producers have more certainty with the markets to consumers certainly I've seen with the, the pandemic that Wangaratta community, their Wangaratta markets have mm. gone totally online, so that it's a, a click and pick up um, arrangement, and
0: and they've gone from monthly market, physical market, to, to weekly. weekly market, and as a result, I believe they're doing incredibly well, and it's been of great benefit to the growers.
1: And and I it, and I suppose for um, many who have taken part in in purchasing weekly. It comes off knowing, having been to the markets and met the producers mm. beforehand, that when you see a photograph of the product or it's from this particular producer, you know the face that mm. sits behind that, that product. So I suppose that's what I was alluding to in coordination and connection and education that, that goes with that, that's a benefit to producer as well as to consumer.
0: Mm. Well, thank you, Joan. I, I, I think we could probably talk for hours and hours. I'm sure we could talk for hours. We have done before. Uh, but let's do it again. And is there anything else that we haven't covered that I can that you'd like to say?
1: No, Peter, it's been my pleasure. And I think thanks for the memories. Thanks for <laughs> taking me on a journey of my, uh, my life uh, in times past.
0: Magnificent, So lush and romantic. And I swear I did not ask Joan to mention Blue Hills today, but I'm really glad she did. Very happy memories for me of mum sitting in our little Morris minor with the flip-up side indicators after the piano lesson and she listening devotedly to Blue Hills. Well, that's it for today. I'm Peter Kenyon. Thank you for listening. Please leave a comment or a suggestion at the unpeeled.press website or find me on Facebook or Twitter. And a special thank you to Charles Sturt University for its support in getting the podcasts underway through their Community University Partnership Grants. And a special shout-out to Dr. Serena Killam from Charles Sturt and Dr. Nick Rose from Sustain Australia for helping to make the podcast happen. Opening theme music by Avocado Junkie... And the Blue Hills theme music is by Ronald Hanmar. And this is being performed by the Queensland Symphony Orchestra. Let's go and have a cup of tea and a piece of cake.
1: I look forward to that.